Okay. Are we on? We're live? Okay. Y'all welcome our online audience as they log in with us this morning. And uh, man, today we have a special treat for you guys today. I'm so excited about this. We have one of our overseers, Pastor Wayne Brown, in the house this morning. And I can't think of a more loyal man that I know in my life. I think about all the big monumental milestones in my life. He's been part of all of them. If I think back and go through all the big monumental parts of my life, he and his wife, Cece, have been a part of all of them through my Christian walk, through getting married, through becoming a pastor, through the birth of our child, through the becoming senior pastors. He's been a part of all of them. It's like I can't think of any big milestone that you hadn't been a part of, but I'm so excited. I'm so honored that you're my pastor. I love you. And I'm excited to hear the word today. Why don't you stand to your feet? Y'all give a warm new life welcome to Pastor Wayne Brown. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, you can be seated. It is an honor to be here today. And I am so happy to be in the great city of Mobile. That's right. That's right. That's right. We hopefully we're rolling the tide right on somewhere else, but uh, we're big LSU fans, but please listen to the word anyway, right? It's still good. It's still good. LSU, come on. We got a co- at least one person in here. Praise God. Got a couple people. Hallelujah. It's awesome. Well, hey, I am honored to be here. My wife and I were so happy to be a part of the service today. We brought our little boy uh, Evan, and he has been enjoying worship and everything that's been going on. He's been enjoying it all, even the meet and greet. He was loving that as well, and um, it was just awesome. I want to take a moment and just honor your pastors. You guys have amazing pastors, uh, Pastor Mario and Tamara. Come on, y'all give it up for them. Come on, if you're watching on the line, you ought to put your hands together right there in your living room for your pastors They are amazing. They're so awesome, so awesome. I mean, they're anointed, love Jesus, and love their family, and just great people, just loyal. They talk about me being loyal. They're loyal, and um, I was just so happy. One of the best things that even uh, happened on my birthday is my wife planned a surprise trip to Houston, and she invited the best people she could have ever invited was Pastor Mario and Tamara on the trip, and they drove from Mobile to Houston just to be with me on my birthday, and that meant the whole world to me, and there was nobody else I would rather spend. She knew who to call. She knew who to call that would make me happy, and so I love them to death, and I would just say, Pastor, tomorrow, I, you were holding back on that, that um, worship gift back in Baton Rouge. Uh, we didn't know about that. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about that after service. Hallelujah. She was holding back on that in Baton Rouge, but praise God for that gifting. Hey, I'm excited to share the word with you today, and I'm excited because I believe the Lord has a word for you today. If you have your Bibles, if you want to look, go to Luke chapter 5, I'm going to get there in a moment, but I want you just to be there once I get there. Luke chapter 5. And we're going to start at verse 1. And if you're in your living room and you don't have a Bible, go get that dusted Bible off the shelf and <laughs> blow the dust off of it and get it together. Luke chapter 5, that's in the New Testament, is where we're going to be looking. 
in a moment. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get right into it. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for um, being here, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for this great church, the great church of new life, Father. I pray, Father, that you would just speak through me to your people. God, I thank you, Father, for what you're doing. God, I thank you, Father, for what you have done in this ministry for many years. And God, I pray, Father, that the legacy will continue, Father, and that you would continue to um, use this church to be a light in this community. God, we honor you. We thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. I think I cannot go on and preach without honoring Pastor Tawana um, for her just amazing life. And thank you for being who you are. Amazing, amazing lady. Um, I'm going to be preaching a message entitled Position for Progress. Position for Progress. Uh, that's the title. So if you take your notes, you want to go ahead and write that title down, Positioned for Progress. And if you're not taking notes, go ahead and write that down for me. <laughs> Position for Progress. Have you ever been in your life where you ever felt stuck? I mean, just, and I'm not talking about just stuck in life. We'll get there. But have you ever been just like physically stuck? Maybe you, you got your car stuck in the mud one time. How frustrating is that? You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, or, or maybe you were at the doctor's office and you just, I mean, you, you can't go because you need to see the doctor, but you just stuck there, right? Um, you just, you, you can't go. You just, you just stuck right there. Or, or maybe you've been in traffic. Come on, anybody ever been in traffic and you had to get somewhere and you were just stuck and there was literally nothing you can do about it, right? Um, I remember a time in my life where I got stuck. I was, um, I'm a big roller coaster type person. I love theme parks. And I remember one time we got on this big roller coaster and I was so excited to ride this roller coaster and stood in line for hours and I got on it. And as we were going up, you know how they have the big ascend up and it just tick, 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 And we were chick chicken on the way up and then about halfway on the chick chick, it stopped. And I said, boy, I tell you the truth. And I thought to myself, oh, this is part of the ride, even though I didn't see this happening to anybody else. And so I sat there, and I was like, okay. And so then I started to look down to see if at some point I could just get out and climb back down. But we were way too high for me to get out this thing to climb back down. So we were sitting there, and, and we were just stuck. And there was literally nothing we could do but just wait. Just wait for somebody to come and help us. And I don't know, we must have sat there for 30 minutes, sitting there waiting on the thing, just, just stuck. And as I was beginning to think about that moment, I thought, you know what, that's how a lot of people are in life. They get to a place where, man, they, they're, they're wanting to do something in life. They believe in God for something. And they're kind of, sometimes we get in those moments where we're ch chicken along and everything feels like it's good. And then sometimes we get to that moment where it stops. And we feel like, man, what is going on in my life that's caused me to stop? How have I gotten stuck? And some of us, even in this room, and somebody's watching online, you've gotten to a place where you, where you feel stuck. Maybe you feel stuck in a habit that you've been in, and you've been wanting to break out of that thing, but you just can't get out of it. Or maybe you've been stuck in depression, and, and the enemy has been bringing this thing in, and you've been wanting to shake it, and you come to church, or you take the meds, and it seems like, 
you're going to break out of it, but you can. Or maybe there's been a relationship, a codependent relationship that you've been stuck in and you seem like you can't get out. You know, I believe today, the Lord sent me here today to help you get positioned so you can get out of that thing. So you can begin to break out of it. And I don't know who I'm going to be talking to today, but I believe that the Lord has brought me here today to bring a shift in your life so you can begin to get out of that thing that you've been stuck in. Can somebody say amen? amen. Man. You know, John Maxwell said this, and I thought it was important. He said this. It's a very famous statement that he said. He said, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Change is going to happen, but growth is optional. And now it's up to us that we grow. It's up to us. We have to begin to do some things in our life to begin to see the shift happen. For some of us, part of the reason why we've been stuck is because we've been not willing to shift and make the change necessary to see the progress happen. We get stuck and we stay stuck because we know what it's going to take to get out of it may be something that we don't want to do. It may be a relationship that we don't want to break up with because we've been with them for a long time. But listen, if we're going to see growth, like, like Maxwell said, growth is optional. If we're going to see growth in our life, we have to be willing to make that shift. Now, let's go to our text in Luke chapter 5 because we find a guy in Luke chapter 5 named Simon. We're all familiar with Simon because Simon becomes Peter and we know what Peter ends up doing. But you got to think about Simon. This guy, Simon, he doesn't know the end of the story. He wasn't, he didn't have the word of God to read and know the whole story. So you find this guy who was just fishing and just kind of out in a situation. And, and, and now Jesus steps on the scene and begins to shift something in his life. So let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let your nets, let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I preached a message one time called If You Say So. Woo, that'll preach right there. Lord, if you say so, I'll do it. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. But he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, and as, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, notice four things in this particular passage where 
we see Simon was stuck, and we can apply these things in our life. The first thing, when you find yourself stuck in a situation, and maybe as I'm talking, you'll begin to think and begin to process, man, is there an area that I'm stuck in? Maybe, maybe there's a job that I feel like I'm stuck in. Maybe there's a relationship I'm stuck in. Maybe there's some things. Now, look, let me tell you something. If you're married, you are stuck in that marriage. Hallelujah. I just want you to know. All right? So you're going to have to work that out, and that's what counseling is all about. But, but there are some things that we have to process and say, man, why do I feel like I'm stuck? And what are some things that I'm going to have to do in order to get out of this thing? The first thing that I would tell you is to evaluate your priorities. What's most important? Now, you look at this passage. The Bible says that Jesus was preaching on the shore. And people were crowded around to hear Jesus, but yet Simon was over washing his nets. He wasn't concerned about what was going on over here because he was busy with his nets where he had caught nothing. And how many times have we prioritized and said, hey, you know what? This is more important than what's going on over here. And there's got to be a point in our life where we start to say, you know what? Cleaning the nets is not more important than hearing what Jesus has to say. And I think sometimes we get into this mode where, and, and I found that this has happened even during the pandemic. I found that people have started to make other things more of a priority than even hearing the word of God. And I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. I'm just saying that sometimes we begin to put other things in front of the Lord. And we start to say, and, and it's not necessarily even bad things. We start to say, well, the kid's ball practice is more important. Now, or, or this is more important. Or my job is more important. And listen, we have to get things in order and begin to say, God, you're the number one priority in my life. Everything else comes after you. If you're not number one, then I don't know what else. Everything else just falls. Just, it's just chaos after that. I don't know how to lead my family if I don't have you as number one in my life. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't know how to do well on my job, and I can't be effective on my job if I don't have God number one in my life. So I have to make him a priority. Some of us have made hobbies a priority. Oh, look, you'll find a guy, man. You, you tell him we're going fishing, and boy, he'll drop everything to go fishing. He's saying we're going to the sports game and he'll, he'll, he'll just drop everything. I got a buddy right now. If I called him right now and said we were going to play basketball, he'll drop everything to go play basketball. Right? He'd probably leave church to come play basketball. But we make those things a priority. And I want to encourage you to say, hey, you know what? I've got to change and make God the priority in my life. If I'm going to make progress, if I'm going to position myself for progress, I've got to evaluate my priorities. And so how do you do that? Well, let me give you three quick things how to evaluate your priorities. Number one, you have to reflect. What are your priorities right now? If I asked you to list those, we had a little homework to do, and we don't, but if we had a little bit reflected, what would be your priorities right now? I, I know that most of us would say, God, but, but is it really? Because whatever your priority is, is getting most of your time. Then also you have to inspect. So we have to reflect and you have to inspect. 
You want maybe something is a priority, but your actions are not reflecting it yet. I believe that there are a lot of people who would say, especially in the Bible Belt, that the Lord is their priority, but are our actions reflecting that? I believe for those of you who are in church and those of you that's watching online, I believe your actions are reflecting that today. And so that's a great thing. But we have to inspect our priorities. Some people say our family is a priority, but we don't spend any time with our family. Sometimes you can talk to a man and he says, hey, listen, uh, my, my family is a priority, but sir, you're, you're not spending any time with them. I remember talking to a guy um, very quickly and, and we were making some phone calls back at our church. We were calling our entire database and, and I had a guy on my list and I called him and he didn't know I was going to call him. I said, hey, this is Pastor Wayne from Bethany. Man, just calling to check on you in the midst of this pandemic. Just wanting to see how you and your family do. He said, man, it's crazy that you call. I said, thank you for calling he said, man, I've been walking through some stuff with my wife. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, man, she is just getting on my nerves right now. And I said, why is she getting on your nerves? He said, man, look, I'm over here trying to work and pay some bills off. And I told her, if you just give me three years just to work and pay these bills off, I'll have time to spend with her and our son, and I'll have all the time in the world to spend with them. But she just kept getting mad because I don't want to take her on a date. Because I'm working. And I can't get her off my back. And he said, I'm at the Mercedes-Benz dealership right now about to buy a car so I can pacify her for the time being. And I said to her, I said, sir, man, I understand your heart. I understand why you want to pay the bills off. Getting out of debt is a good thing. I said, but in three years, if you work so much and you pay everything off, you may not have a wife. And you may not have a son to raise because they both would have left you. And you would sit there with all this debt-free stuff, but no family. I said, Pastor, I never even thought about it like that. I said, you know what? I'm leaving here. I'm going to spend time with my wife. Now, we can clap because he wouldn't spend time with his wife. I'm sure the lady is mad at me because she didn't get her Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she is not happy with me right now. She don't know who I am, and I don't know who you are. So we all good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it was, we begin to get his priorities in order. And eventually she'll probably get it, but she'll probably have her husband as well. Can somebody say amen? amen. So we have to reflect, inspect, and then protect. Protect where you are. Protect your priorities. There are certain things that you have to know and put in place. This is, what I will, this is what I would call boundaries. You have to have boundaries in your life. There's just so much work you can do. There's, there's so much time you can give to people. That's one of the things I love about the Spans is that they have boundaries in their life. And they, they know that nothing, nothing comes in place of their family, including the church. And I love that because they have boundaries in their life. And you need to have boundaries in your life. Well, you say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And boundaries can come in the form of a budget. Boundaries can come in the form of, of time. When you say, this is what I'm going to do or this is what I'm not going to do. But we have to protect those things when we understand what our priorities. So we have to evaluate our priorities. Can we go a little bit deeper? Yeah. The second thing that you have to do is evaluate your people. 
So we have to evaluate our priorities, and then we have to evaluate our people, the people that we hang around. Who gets your focus? I think you want to think about that. Who gets your focus? I think about Jesus stepped into their boats, and all of a sudden, Jesus began to get the focus. And I want you to take a few moments as I just talk. I want you to think about who is getting the focus in your life, the people around you, your support system. Who's getting your focus right now? And the question would be, are they the right people to get your focus? I know. Listen, we're, we're loyal. I'm a loyal person, and I believe in having close people around me and close friends around me. But I've had over life and over my time and in ministry, I've had to assess my relationships sometimes. And I've had to see and say, is this person good for me? Is this person pushing me forward or is this push person push pulling me down? And sometimes you don't want to look at a situation, especially somebody you've been friends with for a long time, and say, you know what, so-and-so's not really going the right direction. They're constantly getting themselves into something. They're constantly in, in, in gossiping and all kind of things. And it's hard to say, I don't know if I need to hang around that person. But we, at sometimes, if we're going to move forward, we got to let some of these old things go. Yeah. Some of these old relationships go. And listen, I'm not telling you to go and, and, and not be friends with anybody and anything like that. I'm telling you to evaluate and assess. Yeah. Listen, there, there is a couple statements I want you to get. Jim Rohn said this, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Think about the five people you spend the most time with. You're the average of that. Somebody said this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? And I also heard this statement that if you want to fly with eagles, you can't hang out with turkeys. Come on now. Right? We have to be able to assess and say, who am I hanging around? Am I putting myself around people who are going to make me better? And honestly, I'll just be honest with you, I have been assessing that even in my life recently. Just been thinking about who am I hanging out with? Like, who's getting my time? Am I hanging around people that's pushing me forward? Recently, I started having coffee with a guy, and he, he started challenging me in some areas in my life and started asking. I was asking him. I thought he wanted to meet with me so I can challenge him, and he turned around and started challenging me. I said, you know, that's what I need. I need someone to say, what are you doing with your life? Where are you going to be in the next 10 years? Say, that's what I need. And listen, I've got to be that in other people's lives as well. And I want to encourage you to think about the people that you're around. I looked up some statistics, and I think this is really cool. It may bless you, it may not. When you think about obesity, they say this, if your friend gains weight, you have a 45% chance you will gain weight too. Now, if a friend of a friend gains weight, you have a 20% chance that you will. And if a friend of a friend friend gains weight, you have a 10% chance that you will. Think about smoking. If you have a friend who smokes, you are 61% likely to start smoking. Now, if you have a friend of a friend who smokes, you're 29% more likely to smoke. And if you have a friend of a friend of a friend who smokes, you're 11% more likely to smoke. What am I trying to say? 
What I'm trying to say is, is that who you hang around is what you become. What you become. Even if you're not in close contact with eventually, it's what you become. So I've got to decide that I'm going to hang around some people who are moving things forward. And that's why I encourage people so much, get a part of a, of, of, of a church and a team that is moving forward. That's why it's so important to connect to new life because the people here are pushing towards God. They're loving God. They're, they're desiring to be after God. And you need to be in relationship with people here who are desiring the same thing. Can I get a better amen? amen. It's important. So evaluate your relationships. And the last thing I would say this before I go to my third point is are the people around you provoking you? Are they provoking you to do better. Is there anybody provoking you in your life? Think about your life. It doesn't matter how old you are. Is there anybody in your life provoking you to get better, to do better, to be all that God has for you in your life? If they are, continue to hang around those people. If they're not, I would start getting some people around me that are. Can somebody say Amen. The third thing that I want to encourage you to do is to evaluate your position. Your position. Jesus told Peter, he says, I want you to push away from the shore and go deeper. What he told Peter was this, where you are, you're not going to catch fish. It's not that there's not fish out here. It's just you're in the wrong place. Fish are here. They're in the water. You're just stuck in a place where there are no fish in this spot. I need you to push out a little bit deeper and go find some fish. Reminds me of a story when our pastor, Pastor Jonathan, who's also an overseer here at this church, he, he was wanting to connect with the pastors, and he said, hey, one of the things that we're going to do, guys, just to spend some time together is we're going to go deep sea fishing. And if you guys know me, and I know you don't, but there's nothing in me that wanted to go deep sea fishing. I don't care one bit about deep sea fishing. I don't care about a fish, a pole, a boat. doesn't matter to me. But pastor said, we want to go deep sea fishing. I said, all right, let's go deep sea fishing. So we had to get up at 4.30 in the morning to get on the boat. We were on the boat at 4.30. We were up at 3 so we could be on the boat for 4.30 because we had to go out two hours out of Port Fouchon, out of Louisiana, to go two hours to go deep sea fishing. We were sitting on the boat, and people were asking me, are you seasick? Because I was quiet. They said, did you take your drama mean? Are you okay? I said, no, I'm okay. It's 4.30 in the morning. I don't talk to people at 4.30 in the morning. Are you kidding me? And they said, oh, I, I, I didn't know people were talking and having themselves a good time. I mean, I saw the sun come up on the boat. <laughs> it's too early to be out on a boat. We get out there two hours. We go way deep into the Gulf. And the guy gets out there, and you hear the captain comes over. He said, all right, go ahead and get your poles ready. And he puts us over this area, and he says, all right, now, drop your drop your." Um, your fishing rods and drop your things. And we dropped them, and I'm telling you, within seconds, I caught a fish. 
redfish. And I said, oh my gosh, I love fishing. This is awesome. Pulled that one up, gave it to the guy, dropped my net, boom, caught another fish. I said, this is the best thing in the entire world. Why haven't I been doing this all my life? Loved it. Guys around me were like, oh, I got one, oh, I got one. What was it? The guy knew what the fish were. He had this sensory on the bottom of the boat to know exactly where the, where the fish were. And he put us right on top of the fish, and all we had to do was pull them up. Now, if we had, a, we had a been in another place, I would have hated fishing because we would have caught anything. But if you get in the right place, that's when you start to see the effectiveness take place. Mm, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. For some of us, we got to shift our scenery a little bit and get in the right place so we can start to see the effectiveness take place in our life. I don't know what that looks like for you, but for some of us, we've got to get in the right place. It may be a different job. You may need to maybe even try to try to apply for a promotion or whatever it may be. But once you get in the right place, you're going to start to see the fruit of that take place. There's something exciting when you know you're in the right spot. Mm. There's something great when you start to know this is where I should be. It may be serving here at the church where you're starting to say, what, what is it that the Lord has for me? And when you get in that right spot, you begin to flourish and begin to say, ah, this is what God created me to do. I've done a lot of things at our church, and I've had opportunities to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But what I'm doing right now, I absolutely love. And I feel like I'm over the spot where the fish are. I'm telling you, there's something about when you connect to your purpose. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but it's when you connect to the purpose, to the thing that God created you to do. There's joy that comes in your life. Oh, there's an excitement that comes over you. You can't wait to wake up in the morning to go and do the thing that God has called you to do. And I don't know, it may be for somebody that's in college, it may be somebody, you may need, a, you may need a, a, a major change or whatever it may be. Whatever it is, you just need to find the place that God has for you. And when you find that place, you begin to do what it is that God has for you. You begin to feel a joy and, a, and an excitement. A position change puts faith down on the inside of you. Listen, God always called people to do something a little bit different. He told Jacob to leave home. He told Moses to leave Egypt. He told Elijah to cross the desert. He even made a shift in, in, in Saul and caused him to be Paul and made him move and do different things. Why? Because God likes scenery shifts. He wants you to be in the right place. You've got to change your position. There may be some things that's familiar to you. There's some things that you normally do. Start shifting those things up a little bit. You know, we're creatures of habit. Am I right? Yeah, we do the same thing over and over again. Some of us, when we come to church, you sit in that same spot. Come on, you're laughing because you know I'm right. 
And if somebody, if you come in and somebody's sitting in your spot, you, you can't even worship God. You look like, I, this don't make no sense. I, I cannot. I cannot. You know what? It's okay for you to shift a little bit. Be in a different spot. Feel what it looks like to be in a different place. Right? It's okay to do those things. Drive a different way from home one day. Go through a different neighborhood and say, maybe the Lord wants me to stay in this neighborhood. Come on now. Get a little bit of vision for your life, right? Right? Shift those things. Get a little bit of a scenery shift, and the Lord begins to do something in your life. Finally, are you still with me? Finally, we need to evaluate our purpose. Our purpose. Evaluate your purpose. You know, the deal with Simon was, it wasn't the fact that he wasn't catching fish. It was the fact that that's not what God created him to do. Jesus met him on the boat. and That whole scenario and, and situation was set up to, for Peter to understand, hey, look, it's not about you catching fish. I've created you to catch people. At some point, we've got to start to evaluate, God, what did you create me to do? Listen, I realize that there are things that I have to do. We all have a function and we have a purpose. So you go to work to accomplish the function. We have to pay bills. If you don't pay bills, you don't have lights. You don't have anywhere to stay. That's part of your function. But that's not what God created you to do. God created you to have a purpose. And what is that ultimate purpose in your life? And when you start to tap into that purpose, oh, my gosh, the, the why God created you, the what it is that he has for you to do, how are you supposed to do those things? When you start to tap into that, now you begin to sense life in your life. Again, like I said, you begin to find that joy. You begin to find that place. And I want to encourage you today. Ask God, God, what is my purpose? One of the things that I did youth ministry for many years, and one of the things that we taught young people, and I believe it doesn't, it doesn't just sit with young people, it spans all the way across, but every single person, if you're here, you're here because God has a purpose for you. He brought you here on purpose. And don't, don't let the situation and the circumstance on how you got here to, to decide that whether you have a purpose or not. No, God got you here on purpose because he has a purpose for you. And he wants you to impact people's lives. It may be your family's life. It may be your, people in your neighborhood. maybe people at your job. But he put you here on purpose. And we have to remember that and say, God, I want to accomplish my purpose. I want to say, well, I want you to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done what I put you there to do. So the reason why I work hard, the reason why I push, the reason why I do what I do and I get up in the morning because I know that God has put a purpose on my life. I have to run hard to accomplish that purpose. Every single person in this room and every person watching online, 
you have a purpose. You have to evaluate, am I accomplishing that purpose? Or am I just kind of living life day to day? What starts to push you towards progress, what starts to cause you to move, is when you start to say, man, you know what? I realize that there's an overarching purpose on my life. I begin to realize, hmm, I get it. All of this is because the Lord has something for me. And so if I was to go back and look at all of these things, if I have the right priorities, I'm with the right people, I'm in the right position, the right place, and I understand my right purpose, I'm making progress. I'm moving forward. I don't know who this is for today, I believe that the Lord is wanting some progress out of you. There is some shifting that's beginning to happen in here today. And God is doing something. Can I pray over you? So, Father, I pray for every person in this room and every person watching online. God, I pray, Father, that they would begin to make progress. And, God, you're positioning them for progress. God, I pray that they would begin to assess everything in their life, that they not take anything for granted. People that they're around, the place that they're in, the purpose that they have, what their priorities are. God, I pray that they begin to sense a shift happening. For those who've been stuck, God, I pray that your word is moving them You may get the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name. I just want to take a moment for someone in here today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're not serving the Lord right now, maybe you don't have a relationship with Him. You know you need a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you know that you're away from God. You need a relationship with the Lord. He's here. He wants to have a relationship with you. I'm going to ask you to do just a simple thing. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you and you want a relationship with Jesus, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand. Just so I know who to pray for. I've got sin in my life. I know I, I've not made Jesus a priority or my relationship with him a priority. That's you. Count of three, I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. One, two. That's you. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Maybe somebody watching online. You can just type in the chat. Pray for me. Yeah. Pray for me. Amen. Hey, let's all repeat this prayer. And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Mario. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I surrender my life 
to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and give the Lord some praise for those who made a decision today. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all give a round of applause for Pastor Wayne Brown for sharing that incredible word. Thank you so much for that word. Man, it's time to evaluate some things. Amen? Amen. And uh, if you prayed that prayer, uh, we'd love for you to do one or two things for us. If you're in the room and you prayed that prayer, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, Let's Connect. On the back of it, it says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. Turn that in on during our offering time. We love to connect with you. And if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, drop a comment in the comment section. We'd love to reach out with you, reach out to you throughout the week and just connect with you as well. Hear what God did in your heart in this moment. So let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. Well, man, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us online. If you're with us, uh, before we close, we're going to give you an opportunity to give. If you're watching online, it's a couple ways that you could do that. Uh, one is you can download our app, which is New Life Church of Mobile. You can download that on Google Play or the App Store. You can download that. You can give that way. You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org. There's a Give tab on our homepage. Or you can mail in a check or money order. But we're going to pray for the offering, and then you guys are dismissed. Lord, we thank you for the tithe that's coming in today. I thank you for those that are giving, Lord God, generously of their resources. I pray that you would bless them, Lord God, and they would have more than enough. I pray that you would meet all of their needs. I thank you that you bless everything that's coming in today, that it would be, Lord God, for the benefit of the kingdom of God and to advance the kingdom. Bless your people as they give generously today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us next Sunday for Mother's Day as we're going to other all, all women and all mothers be in the building with us. We love to celebrate you. Also, this Wednesday at 630, we will have our first Wednesday service. So join us for that as well. We love you guys. Thank you much for tuning in. Y'all have a great Sunday. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to worship and praise the Lord one more time before we leave. Hasn't he been good? You can, guys can also give at this time as well. All right, here we go. <laughs> Come on, we're going to have a little fun.